I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're going to be looking at the book of Habakkuk. As a matter of introduction to the book of Habakkuk, we don't know anything about this prophet except what is found actually in the book. He lived and prophesied in the years prior to the total collapse of the Assyrian Empire at the hands of the Babylonians in 605 B.C., all the way down to the fall of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. We really don't know how long before 605 he prophesied or for how long after 586 B.C. The first captives from Judah were taken along with Daniel to Babylon in 605 B.C., 19 years before the final destruction of Jerusalem. Habakkuk had all of this in mind when he gave his prophecies. Beginning with verse 1. The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not say. Why dost thou show me iniquity, and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. The Hebrew word for burden there is masa. It's used to describe the load a work animal carries, but it is also used in a spiritual sense as here to describe a heavy oracle. It might be easy to misunderstand these verses. Uh, These injustices do not refer to the Babylonian injustices to Judah, but rather to the Jewish people themselves demonstrating wickedness toward one another. After King Josiah's death, there was not another good king over Judah till their fall. For the purposes of this discussion, let's take a look at the last five kings of Judah. There was Josiah from 640 to 609. He was the last good king. And then four kings followed, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. None of them were righteous. From 609 until Jerusalem's fall to the Babylonians, Judah had all wicked kings kings who would not serve the one true God. Therefore, one must understand that Habakkuk is asking God this, how long will you tolerate the injustices that exist among the Jews in Judah before you actually judge their actions? Habakkuk gets God's answer in verses 5 through 11, reading, Behold ye among the heathen, and regard, and wonder marvelously, For I will work a work in your days, which ye will not believe, though it be told you. For lo, I will raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than leopards, and are more fierce than the evening wolves, and their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. They shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind, 
and they shall gather the captivity as the sand. And they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing this his power unto his God. It would appear from this passage that the first vision from God takes place before the fall of the Assyrians to the Babylonians. That was prior to 605 B.C. Reference is made to the coming of the Babylonian Empire being raised up by God. The Chaldeans is the reference to the people of Babylon here. That's a heavy concept. God takes credit for the Babylonians. I'm amused with the conversational tones of verse 5. Please allow me to paraphrase God here. You're just not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. Then God tells Habakkuk about the Babylonians who will be raised up to conquer the Assyrians and subsequently punish Judah. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul found verse 5 amusing as well. He quotes it to his Jewish audience in Acts chapter 13, verse 41. Now we come to verse 12 of Habakkuk chapter 1. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, mine Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord, thou hast ordained them for judgment, and, O mighty God, thou hast established them for correction. Thou art of pure eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? And make his men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle. They catch them in their net and gather them in their drag. Therefore they rejoice and are glad. Therefore they sacrifice into their net and burn incense into their drag. Because by them their portion is fat and their meat is plenteous. Shall they therefore empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nations? Now chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand upon my watch, and set me upon the tower, and will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Habakkuk queries God on, how can he use such a wicked people as these Babylonians to punish Judah and Israel? There is the question in verse 13. Holdest thy tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he? Yeah, the people of Judah are wicked, but the Babylonians are even more wicked. Shouldn't a nation be required to at least have uh, a little more righteousness than the folks in Judah and Jerusalem to get this sort of destruction assignment? We see in verses 14 through 17 that the Babylonians will treat the Hebrews like fish capturing them in masses as one catches fish in a net. Then we have a word about individual righteousness, beginning in verse 2 of chapter 2. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Yea, also, because he transgresseth by wine, he is a proud man, neither keepeth at home, who enlargeth his desire as hell, and is as death, and cannot be satisfied. 
but gathereth unto him all nations, and heapeth unto him all people. Yep, the Babylonians are a sinful bunch of people. However, individual righteousness is presented as the object here by God to Habakkuk. Notice what he says in verse 4. The just shall live by his faith. Notice how often the words of verse 4 appear in Scripture. We find those words here in Habakkuk 2.4. We also find them in Romans chapter 1, verse 17. We also find them again in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. And then finally, we find them again in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. As a matter of fact, verse 4 becomes a cornerstone of Paul's teaching on salvation by grace. Again, the just shall live by faith. Then we have a woe pronounced upon the Babylonians, beginning with verse 6 of chapter 2. Shall not all these take up a parable against him and a taunting proverb against him and say, Woe to him that increaseth that which is not his. How long and to him that ladeth himself with a thick clay. Shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee and awake that shall vex thee and thou shalt be for booties unto them? Because thou hast spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee. Because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land, of the city, and of all that dwelleth therein. Woe to him that coveteth an evil covetousness to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house, by cutting off many people, and hast sinned against thy soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall, and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that buildeth a town with blood, and establisheth a city by iniquity. Behold, it is not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire, and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, and that puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. Thou art filled with the shame for glory. Drink thou also, and let thy foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee, and shameful spewing shall be on thy glory. For the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee, and the spoil of beasts which made them afraid, because of men's blood, and for the violence of the land of the city, and of all that dwell therein. What profiteth the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? the molten image, and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of it. But the Lord is in his holy temple, let all the earth keep silence before him. And while do I mean woe, Look at this next oracle from God. Woe to the Babylonians in verses 6, 9, 12, 15, and 19. These woes are listed as personal violations of the Mosaic principles of law, but are applied nationally as violations of the Babylonians who will be coming. Verse 6 says, Woe to him that increaseth that which is not his. The Babylonian army will do exactly that when they arrive. Verse 9, Woe to him that coveteth all evil covetousness to his house. 
And the Babylonian army, when they arrived, they did that too. Verse 12. Woe to him that buildeth the town with blood and establisheth the city by iniquity. The Babylonians were certainly responsible for a lot of bloodshed when they overtook Jerusalem. Verse 15, Woe to him that giveth his neighbor drink, and puttest thy bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their nakedness. The helpless condition of the drunken man here is a figurative representation. The point is as follows. The inhumane treatment at the hands of the Babylonians is comparable to that of a man who gets his neighbor drunk so that he might abuse him. And finally, the last woe listed in this chapter Verse 19, Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake to the dumb stone, arise, it shall teach. And the Babylonians were big-time idol worshippers also. We see that all of these woes are pronounced upon the Babylonians who were getting ready to knock at Jerusalem's door. In other words, the Babylonians are going to get their deserved reward. Just because God will use them to punish Judah, though, does not mean they get a free ride. Babylon's severe judgment is coming later. Some have suggested that these woes also are intended as indictments against some of the wicked acts of the Jews themselves. Well, perhaps, but there can be no question that these are the actions of the Babylonians as they capture, later on, the city of Jerusalem and the inhabitants of Judah. In verses 18 to 20, we see those pesky idols contrasted with the living God. Why won't those idols awake when you need them, we see in verse 19. Then they are told to keep quiet before the Lord in verse 20, when it says, But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. So Habakkuk has a strategy in chapter 3. Let's write a praise song. So beginning with verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon Sigyanoth. O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon, and the Holy One from the Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth, and he beheld and drove asunder the nations. And the everlasting mountains were scattered, the perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Kushan in affliction, and curtains of the land of Midian did tremble. Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea, that thou didst ride upon thine horses? and thy chariots of salvation. Thy bow was made quite naked, according to the oaths of the tribes, even thy word, Selah. Thou didst cleave the earth with rivers. The mountains saw thee, and they trembled. The overflowing of the water passed by. The deep uttered his voice, and lifted up his hands on high. The sun and moon stood still in their habitation. At the light of thine arrows they went, and at the shining of thy glittering spear. Thou didst march through the land in indignation. Thou didst thresh the heathen in anger. Thou wentest forth for the salvation of thy people. Even for salvation within thine anointed, thou woundest the head out of the house of the wicked by discovering the foundation into the neck, Selah. 
Thou didst strike through with his staves the head of his villages. They came out as a whirlwind to scatter me. Their rejoicing was as to devour the poor secretly. Thou didst walk through the sea with thine horses, through the heaps of great waters. When I heard my belly trembled, my lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered into my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the field, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hind's feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places, to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. A word about the uh, term shigenoth that's used in verse 1 there. It's from the verb shaga, means to reel about through drink. It occurs in the title of Psalm 7, and also here in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1. The word denotes a lyrical poem composed under strong mental emotion, a song of impassioned imagination, accompanied with suitable music. So here's the deal. Judah slash Jerusalem, they're wicked. The Babylonians are even more wicked. God has declared he'll use the Babylonians to punish these inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. Well, of course, the problem is that Judah and Jerusalem, of course, the problem here is that these uh, Jews go on being wicked after this. So Habakkuk writes a song reflecting back on God's deliverance of Israel. We know it's a song from verse 19 where he gives a little musical direction to it. The song closes out in verses 17 through 19 with this realization. God may punish my nation and my people, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord anyway. Now, some Bible teachers, whenever they see the word fig tree, they always assume that it's somehow a picture of Israel or metaphor for Israel. But I'm afraid as we look at verse 17 here, in this case, this fig tree listed here is just a plain old fig tree. No metaphor intended. So Habakkuk is a book about the judgment of God upon the Jews and the Babylonians, capped off with a song. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walter.